Hello, welcome to the Read Play Talk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Paris. And I'm Jack Love. This podcast is a resource for all things Read Play Talk. We hope that our listeners will be encouraged to read, play, and talk with their children every day. On this episode, we'll be talking with Mesquite ISD Superintendent, Dr. David Vrunland, about how this initiative came to be and why he believes it is vital to our community. So that leads to a, a big welcome, and thank you for coming, Dr. Ben. Thank yes. you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. We are, too, and we're, we're excited about this. As you know, this is um, a new venture for Lindsay and I, and so we're excited that, you're, that you'll be a part of it. We hope it pays off dividends. So before we get started, why don't we maybe ask you a little bit about your arrival here in Mesquite. Um, when did you come to MISD, and kind of what, what drew you to, to the independent school district here? So I was in Friendship Independent School District, which is in West Texas, but I was familiar with Mesquite as I've been in the Dallas-Fort Worth area throughout my career um, in both Carrollton and Allen school districts. And, and uh, um, around 2014, I got a call um, from someone who said, hey, Dave, we think you'd be a really good fit for Mesquite ISD, and we're doing the search. We'd, we'd like you to consider it. The most interesting facet of that was we just had started our kitchen redo in, in Friendship. It's the way we it had, works. It is. We had just made a decision that we were going to retire. Literally would have been last year. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we had made all these kind of financial and personal decisions and family decisions. And I got this call. And uh, to be honest, when I called my wife and talked about it, she started crying. Not because it was mesquite, but because she had just kind of dedicated herself oh, and, no. to being in Lubbock and and kind of retiring there and making that home. We've moved a number of times and yeah. uh, um, felt bad about that. But then we talked. And uh, I tell you all that because it's interesting how um, your life can change direction. And I think to meet your ultimate purpose. And people who know my story know I... I grew up in in foster homes uh, the early part of my uh, life from roughly age three to age 10. And uh, um, uh, so I grew up in uh, in a situation where I got to experience a lot of children, including myself, who've been born into poverty, some neglect, and then had the experience of people coming into your life and adding value. People who added to you educationally, added to you in terms of love, added to you in terms of faith and foundation. Um, And so... When I, when I left that foster care system, it, it was impressed upon me the need to serve and to really give back to people who had been born in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my career, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, has always landed me in really kind of suburban, somewhat affluent districts. So I've never really fit into my path and uh, in terms of the way I felt I was designed. Sure, yeah. And uh, when Mesquite came open, well, Mesquite's, you know, about 75% free and reduced. There are a lot of children who... Uh, um, have uh, uh, obstacles to overcome. And one of those obstacles, frankly, is what we're talking about today. And that's their their rate of literacy early in life. And so when I saw this, talked to my son, who was then a sophomore, um, junior-to-be, and I uh, talked to my wife, and they both said, you know, this seems like the right thing for you, and, and it seems like a calling, and so let's, let's give it a shot. And fortunately, the board agreed and uh, hired me, and I landed here in 2015, and... and uh, and now my wife is as happy as she's ever been. She mm-hmm. loves mesquite. I love mesquite. My wife is very involved with sharing life and uh, keep mesquite beautiful. And we just think this community is an amazing place. The, the people here are just so embracing. It's such a, such a strong sense of community. And when you've lived in 
in kind of suburban areas like I have, you don't feel that. It's yeah. people in and out. Here you feel it. And and I really, really love being a part of this community. I, I would absolutely agree with you. How about you, Lindsay, that this community is so welcoming? Oh, yeah. I love Mesquite. I've been here most of my life and um, moved away for a little bit, but I've never been happier to be back where I grew up. I love this community and I love this city. So, Dr. V, when you came in 2015, one of the first things or one of the first initiatives you rolled out was Read, Play, Talk. Right. So why why was that so important to you and what prompted you to begin this initiative? Well, I think it's important to note this isn't something I carried from a previous district, right? right? This was when, when I came to the district and started talking to people and, and started doing a little bit more research into rates of literacy in young people. It, it was deeply concerning. And you, basically what we started looking at was Univers University of Chicago studies mm -hmm. and uh, then started expanding from that and looking at the work people were doing. And it was deeply concerning to see that Kiddos who come from poverty typically, and this is in the aggregate, so I don't want everyone to assume every child from poverty is in right. this line, um, but it's just because that's a false assumption as well. But in the aggregate, children from poverty are roughly two years behind in their rates of literacy compared to their peers not from poverty. And then the problem you have is when they enter school, they, you know, our school system does a really good job of growing them, but then you have the summer and you have a slide in the summer for kids from poverty typically, which can be as much as six months, whereas kids not from poverty are actually growing three months. And so you, that disparity starts to widen. And, and that serves as a, um, a uh, disproportionate, disproportionate disadvantage sure. to our children. And, and, uh, and, and I, I say this not just in defense of, of children, but in defense of our nation ultimately. The, the strength of a nation relies on all of its people being highly educated, especially in a democracy. It, it has to have that. And you can't have some people highly educated and others not. Um, you know, we talk about it here all the time. The function of a public school, and quote Jefferson, mm -hmm. is to enable all men to determine for themselves that which will secure or endanger their freedom. Well, you can't do that if you are not competitive. You can't yeah. be in control of the quality of your freedom. That is not going to happen. And so what we determined was, while well, schools, we can do so much, we have to engage our community. This is not a school district initiative. It's a community-driven initiative. We have to engage them. They have to get involved, and they have to put out this message of read, play, talk. Because here's the just the, the both sad and also exciting news. And that is, if you simply read and play and talk with your child, it doesn't matter the conditions that they were born into. Right. They will be successful, educationally speaking, and they will therefore, as adults, be more in control of the quality of their freedom. And uh, so this, this initiative was really uh, kind of both a moral um, initiative as well as just a way of bringing community together around a common need. And, and what I will say is I'm so excited about how our community has embraced this effort. Truly excited about it. Yeah, I think, you know, you talk about Mesquite and how unique of a community it is. I think Read, Play, Talk works so well because we are in Mesquite. I think it's very rarely that you'll find a city where the city and the school district work so well together and, and the businesses are in harmony with the school district. And I think that's the beauty of Read, Play, Talk here is that we all have a common goal. We can all get on board with wanting a better future for our children, wanting them to succeed educationally. Um, and we're just very fortunate to be in the community that we are. Yeah, I agree completely. And and I honestly believe it's a model that most cities should look at. Yes. I, I think oftentimes there's conflict, maybe too, too big of a word, but 
and it probably is, but the cities and, and the school districts don't work as closely as they do here, I think. Um, at least from an outsider looking in, I think we work we work very well. Um, well, and Jack, if I may, you're a prime example as the yes. The you know, I'm not sure exactly what your title is, but over the mall, <laughs> and so that is his but, title. Uh, yeah, over the, the mall, man over the mall. Um, <laughs> but you know, you worked with the city, worked with the chamber, worked with us, and as a business, you put in a replay talk area that's used weekly for events, and maybe even more than that. But it's just used regularly for that. That's an example of the business community engaging in an initiative that is vital to the whole community, not just to parts of it. So. Right. Well, but like Lindsay said, I don't think we could have gotten that done um, because it is school district, city, and us. We, we, we couldn't have done it without, the, right. without a full buy-in from all partners. Mm-hmm. And what was exciting is you, we, we see, like we had our appreciation banquet the other night. We, we've already got 60 partners on board, which doesn't sound like a ton, but when you're talking about a grassroots movement – to me, that's a lot um, yeah. in, in the time that we've done it. Um, the city bought in on the on the play area. I mean, everybody's bought in, and I think it's because it's a simple idea. It's a beautiful idea. Uh, we, we, we have some unique resources here in Mesquite that I think we should you know, we should be proud of and, and, and scream from mountaintops, quite frankly. And, 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 and a lot of that is, is due to your leadership, quite honestly, with this yeah. replay talk. Um, you, you know, I, we don't want you to get lost in the idea because it, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal idea. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So we're what three years into? Yeah, in, roughly. In, mm-hmm. Do we is, do we have any tracking? Do we know what kind of impact Replay Talk is playing? Well, I think that's the next thing. And and uh, Lindsay and I have actually had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we we want to continue to engage businesses, and that's really really important as we continue to to get businesses and community partners and and others engaged in this work and strategically in their own way pushing out Replay Talk. So that's the first thing. I think, and then the second thing, obviously, doing some stuff from a school district perspective, and we are, and I'm very excited about the rollout of the Replay Talk Plus as we move forward. The next piece, and this is going to be difficult, but the next piece is to figure out and to measure its impact. We certainly can can start looking next year, especially when we get full day pre-K, because then we'll have a, a significant number of our young people coming into our system early. So we'll see you know, has there been some measurable effect? And we can start asking questions about replay talk and just see if, if parents have heard about it, if they're engaged in it. Um, but I think the next effort will be to somehow reach into our homes and, and start seeing, are they engaging in replay talk and start actually quantifying that process. Sure. That doesn't sound like an easy process to me. It is not. <laughs> like, It'll be very difficult. Um, you know, there are some visions I have yet for what we can do with replay talk that require a few dollars, but, uh, um, I think they're important dollars to be spent, um, especially in training parents uh, to understand how to engage with their children, especially in talk. We, we often in the replay talk initiative, we spend a lot of time on the read and we spend a lot of time on the play and they're vital. Mm-hmm. But talk is, is also vital. And, and really the talk is, is, is creating two-way communication between the children and the adults, right? It's, sure. And so it's not directive conversation from adults that we need to be focusing on. We need to teach adults sometimes how to talk with young children. Um, it's not, you know, we, we might all like to think, well, doesn't everyone just do that naturally? No, we no. naturally talk to adults. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, we don't all naturally just communicate with young people. And so, you know, two-year-olds who may not be communicating, one-year-olds who may not be talking at all, right? And so it's... Yeah. How do you engage in conversation with them that's not directive and, and, and more leading and, and encouraging? 
encouraging them to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. That's a training process that I'd like to see us do, and I'd like to see our churches play a major role in that because I think therein lies a, a, a large mass of our population that we can access. Sure. Poor talk. It's the middle child of read play talk. Right. Even though it's the last one. So you call this, and I, and I heard it the other night at our appreciation dinner, not only from you but from Dr. Rivera, that like the most important initiative that the school district has. Why is it so, so, so important? It's so foundational. We've actually had a really good conversation of late with principals and myself around numeracy and literacy and uh, and really making certain that by third grade, because really all this points to third grade. And so what we want to do is make certain by third grade, we're getting all of our kiddos on, on a uh, third grade reading level, but also a numeracy level. We haven't talked much about that, but it's vital. And so because what we know is once by third grade, if we have our kiddos on grade level in third grade, in those two arenas, if that is true, what we have seen in new studies is that young people from poverty will actually outperform their peers not from poverty. It's crazy. And it, they just crazy. need to be brought to that space. And and it's there's no magic bullet. We just need to get them into that space, right? right. And I think there's a lot to do with motivation. Once your efficacy level is high enough, if you will, and efficacy is not esteem, you know, for yeah, people, sure. it's not false. <laughs> efficacy is the belief in yourself that you can do something. Right. And that's facing experiences. And once that's there, you think from a motivational factor, I, I think there's a lot of motivation in, in people from poverty if they feel the efficacy is there to actually do it. Sure. Um, and and then the sky's the limit. And so for me, that's exciting. And it's not about beating out other people. It's about being competitive in, in a very competitive environment once they leave our schools. Sure. Just real quick, I, you know, I had a nephew who, um, who for whatever reason, um, kind of got left out and, 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 and got brought to reading late. He's the best reader. Once he found out he could do it and once he found out he enjoyed it, I, I can't tell you the number of books he reads. So to your point, yeah. it, it's just you got to know that you can do it and be confident in your ability to do it. Exactly. And, and we can build that into our young people. I'm confident of that. Um, and But it does require the parents to engage. And, you know, and I, I, I hate to be the grandfatherly type on the radio where people can't see me and understand the emotion behind this, but it's a little patriarchal in me, and I understand that. But parents, these are your children. Mm -hmm. They're your responsibility. And I know many of you are working jobs and it's difficult and you're tired when you come home. And I get that. I really do get that. I have grandchildren and they're actually with me right now. So I get that. But they're your children. They're, and you have to engage, even if it's just for a little bit of time. You know, just give them a half an hour. Give them 45 minutes every day of reading and playing and talking. Then if you need to decompress from all the work you do, and they do work hard. I appreciate that about our parents. They work hard. But you've got to give them that time. And I don't mean playing video games. I mean engaging with your child. Put your phone down. Mm -hmm. Get out of social media. Get off the video games for a while and sit and read and play and talk with your child. My grandson right now, who has just been with me a few months, he runs up to me every day in the morning and when I get home at night with a book. He just, And he, yeah. he's not verbal right now. And he just wants me to read to him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he just really wants that. That's exciting for me to see as a parent. Uh, and I want to read to, to him because of that. I just really want to encourage parents. And I want to encourage people who are connected to our parents and connected to other parents. Just sure. 
get this message out. It's it's really easy. It's not a complicated process. And I'm, I might add also, mm-hmm. for those of us who are Hispanic speaking only or, or maybe Arabic speaking only or whatever it may be, do it in your home language. Yes. It is absolutely not essential to be done in English right now. We, we can teach them English. That's not the problem. Right. The, the, the problem is read, play, talk. They've got to be on grade level when they enter our schools. Plus, it, it doesn't have to be Encyclopedia Britannica, oh, right? No. Like, it's just, no, absolutely not. On grade level books, just, just reading. I mean, what we're reading right now is, um, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's the, you know, the one about good night. Um, right. Uh, it's a good night moon. Good night moon. Good night yeah. moon. It's like it comes to me, and it's going to come to me. I know because I've done this gig once before. <laughs> it's going to be weeks of good night moon. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, it's just, and then he'll move on to another book, and it'll be weeks of that book. It can be the same book. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing important about the nate about what you're reading. It's the engagement, right? It's the engagement yeah. process, and it's the talking through it as you're reading. And I noticed this in my granddaughter. She's now this morning. She was literally in the room reading a book. Now she can't read. But she's opening up the pages, she's looking mm-hmm. at the words, and she's saying exactly what she's heard a dozen times. Yeah. Plus, plus, she probably mod- – she, she's modeling. She wants to her be wedding. like somebody, right? Exactly. So she wants to be like her grandfather, wants to be, yeah. be like her parents, and she sees them reading books. And, exactly. and so that's just a good example that you said. Mm-hmm. So, if, I mean, if you're a parent or grandparent, I think it's pretty simple, the advice that you would give on how to – um, contribute to this initiative. It would just be, you know, be engaged with your kids, read, play, and talk with them every day. But what would you say if, like, just a citizen came up and said, I've heard about this initiative. I love it. I believe in it. How can I help? So what would Lindsay, you say? So my ultimate dream, <laughs> I mean, this has been my dream from the onset of this. I've talked to you about it. I think I've mentioned it to Jack. And my dream to see parents in neighborhoods form read, play, talk groups that they get together and, and this, because it's community. Everything is about community. Our kids experience significant growth when they're in community. Mm-hmm. And and we work so hard to build high school communities here in our district and we've done that and now we've got these perfectly aligned systems. But it's still in that neighborhood. My dream would be to see moms and dads come together and it could be just five in the house with their kids and reading with them. And then recruiting others to do the same. And let's let's make this a, a neighborhood commitment to the to the educational health of our children. Um, you know, and, and that's a simple thing. Just do it with your friends. Just make it a part of what you believe so strongly. Condoleezza Rice talked about growing up in Montgomery, Alabama, and she she I think it was Montgomery, maybe Birmingham. Um, but she talks about growing up and she talks often about her neighborhood. It wasn't just her parents. It was the entirety of her community that cared for everybody in her community. And all these African-American children came out of that system just thriving, right, and doing wonderful, wonderful things. That's what I want for our kids, whether, you know, in, in community, Hispanic, African-American, Asian, Caucasian, doesn't matter. But in community, getting around, read, play, talk, let that be a unifying message. You know, mm-hmm. get around, do that. That's a simple thing. Yeah. Now, if you're a grandparent out there and you have multiple children who have children, get encourage them. Read, play, talk. Yeah. You know, just make that a part of your mission as a grandparent. But if you really want to be operationally engaged, if you will, mm-hmm. creating a large organization yeah. or doing something important, get with you. Yeah. Go to the website, look at our read, play, talk, find out who's there, call them, and we'll help them through that process. You know, the board, the read, play, talk board will help them through that process. To me, that so wherever you are, whatever space you're in, you can contribute to this. Yeah. And you can make a significant difference. And and I'll say this, it's a little preachy, but I'll say this. 
everyone was designed to have impact. Yeah. Some of us oh. have a hard time understanding where that impact can be because we don't have money, we don't think we have mm-hmm. influence, whatever it may be. The reality is this is a space where you don't need money, you don't need influence, you don't need political position, you just need a heart for our children and a willingness to read, play, and talk. I love that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, it's so awesome. It, 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 you know, in resources, if you don't have a book, okay, read or play. Yeah. I mean, a talk or play. Talk right? or play. You, yeah. you still got two other, and somebody mm-hmm. somebody will fill in the read somewhere, right, in the school and system. And by the way, we have books. We have yeah. little free libraries at every and single one of our schools. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> We've got neighbors now putting up little free libraries yes, in the neighborhoods. Yes, I just about them. It's so and awesome. So it all ties together. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like a web. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I know we're going to wrap up here pretty soon, but and, and I know your grandkids are living with you. So what are, what are some of your what are your favorite ways maybe to not necessarily read because we've talked about that to play or talk with your grandkids. Okay. So when I was younger, <laughs> and by the way, I can yeah. look at his face light up. Like all right, here we go. So excited. Right. So when I was younger, as a as both an uncle as a father. And I, I had a younger body, right? Um, I would get down and wrestle and roll and play and throw. And you, that's not me anymore, right? I, I, I mean, it's just if I get down, I'm not getting back. Right, right? you're so, just there. But the other day, um, um, we put on uh, Baby Shark. Oh, yeah. Okay? Have you heard this so now, song? Oh, this, oh, my goodness. This song is like, yeah, right? It, it's engaging, let's just say, especially for the little one, right? So my my I put it on the YouTube channel and my little granddaughter started watching that and I just watched her eyes and she was transfixed and she hadn't heard it before so she's like mm-hmm. just staring <laughs> at it I could have stopped right there and just enjoyed that moment but I didn't and this is this is what it looks like instead I got up and I did the dance and I got her to stand up and do the dance that's play that's what play can look like. And and I didn't have to get down on the ground to do that right. dance. Yeah. That was mostly me. just some hands, right? <laughs> but she loved it. And then, you know, when when my son went to cook dinner for the family, he was cooking dinner, and I went to join him. I just kept that thing rolling because she just kept <laughs> dancing. She, she was having so much fun and playing. And, and so even independently and with me, there was dance going on. And obviously reading, you just put them on your lap and read. There's nothing more yeah. joyful as a parent or a grandparent to have a child sitting on your lap, enjoying that moment and just reading to them. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, the, the talk is, is just in moments in time, right? It's like having a conversation, you know, you know, just simple questions like, why do you like that book? And don't just say, so you like that book. It's like, why do you like that book? And let them engage back. Yeah, talk back. You may not understand it. I, I mm-hmm. did that because when she answers, it's like I'm not sure what she said. It's not important. Right. She's answering, and that's the kind of talk we're talking about. It's where there's two way communication, not directed. Yeah, I always think of that. I think you you've mentioned it maybe on more than one occasion about like where a plane's going. If you see a plane right. in the sky, who's on the plane? Where are they going? Yeah. Where do you think they're from? Yeah. You know, how many people are on the plane? I mean, there's a million questions just in just, one, just in one plane flying overhead, right. right? Just don't make it just a simple. Oh, that's nice you saw the plane. Yeah, you know, yeah so keep that's it going. Not a good, let that child interact with you. Yeah, open-ended questions, right? right. Mm-hmm. And even even the young ones, the one the one-year-olds, two-year-olds, it's the same thing. Now, they're not going to be able to talk back probably much unless they're really verbal, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're learning through that process to engage in conversation. It's not all directed. And I know with young ones, we have to do a lot of directive conversation. So I'm not saying directive conversation is bad. <laughs> don't touch that stove. Right. No, don't, right. don't, hit your, don't hit your brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, those kind of things have to happen. So I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm just saying 
on the talk side, we need to engage in more of questions, open up, open up those questions. I, I remember when my, my oldest was just starting to talk. He would, he would just blah, 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 blah. I had no clue what he was. He, he knew what he was saying. There was something in there, but I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Now, if I could just get him to stop talking. Right. Now. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, I just love it. I feel like we see a totally different side of kids when we interact with them. I'm sure when you were doing baby shark with your granddaughter, she was just having the time of her life, oh, she was. you know, and her, their personality comes out because they feel safe and they feel free. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing grandpa act in a way that they don't see yeah. all the time. Um, and I just think, I think that's beautiful that we're mm -hmm. able to allow our children to express themselves in that way and be free and how that um, not only helps them develop in their personality, but educationally yeah. too. So thank you so much, Dr. V, for being on our podcast. Yes, you, my pleasure. I mean, we can talk about read, play, talk all day long, but we don't do it justice. Oh, um, I'm not so. certain that's true in fairness. <laughs> no. You guys are wonderful. Thank you. But thank you so much for yes, joining you. us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We encourage you to follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Read Play Talk and on Twitter at Read Play Talk TX.